Here is Stefania Cassini, and you're watching Without Your Hat. Station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Anis Ioui. I hope I said that right. Anis Ioui, very close. Ioui, all right, great. I'll edit it, and everyone will think I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> and director Lee Haven Jones of the Feast. It's very cool to have you here. Really nice to be here. So it's uh, it's been at festivals, but it's coming out Friday uh, at select theaters, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's very cool. So, uh, first of all, how did you get involved? Uh, well, it was um, it was conceived um, by uh, myself and Roger Williams. Um, we worked together quite a bit uh, on other projects, and we decided we wanted to make a movie. Um, and 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 here That's it is. Start. Yeah. That's a good. It's always a good start, right? Um, yeah. yeah, we we are big uh, fans of of horror. Um, I used to watch films, uh, slashers usually uh, back in the eighties. They were probably I was probably mass- massively too young to be watching them, but there you go. Um, and then and then of course we're kind of rather taken with the uh, recent crop of um, elevated horrors by the likes of Ari Aster and Jordan Peele and uh, and and that sort of crop of films. And um, yeah, we wanted we decided we wanted to make a singularly uh, Welsh horror film that could speak to uh, cultures uh, throughout the world. Um, and uh, our, our, the feast is our expression of that uh, of that idea. Yeah. Is that hard to do to make something so that's specifically Welsh, but at the same time can appeal to audiences around the world? Um, well, um, I had, I had, this is sounds rather lofty, but I had um, Bertolt Brecht um, uh, echoing, resonating in my head when I did my, uh, degree many years ago I remember reading that he said in order in order for something to be universal it had to be local first um, so um, we decided we'd make this sort of culturally specific piece of work and then in the hope that it would sort of translate to to other to other um, cultures I mean there are definitely archetypes within the story um, we have drawn on on Welsh folklore, and of course, we all know that um, folklore throughout the world they 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 tend to draw on the same kind of topics and the same kind of issues. Um, and even within the within the the characters, I think there are archetypes there that are very recognisable. So hopefully, we've we've achieved the um, the holy grail of making something that is that has cultural specificity, but that also kind of manages to um, go beyond uh, cultural barriers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anis, how did you get involved? And what um what interested you in the character? Lee approached me. We were at um, BAFTA Awards a few years ago and Lee came up to me and said that he had a horror script that he wanted me to look at. And so he sent me the script 
and I started reading and I just loved it. Every page, you just wanted to see what happens next because so many bizarre and expected things kept happening. And for ages, you just don't understand why and what what will it lead to? Um, and especially for my character who appeared, appeared to be in it throughout, but had very little to say, but was actively doing a lot. She was preparing, constantly preparing and came with a lot of ideas and was there to shine the mirror up to the characters um, and punish them in their own individual ways. And they're not necessarily bad people, but they are misusing the planet or, or you know, abusing themselves or all of these different roles. So it was a really interesting part for me to have the prospect of playing. So there was absolutely no way I would have turned it down because it was a real gift of a, of a role. And also just as a script in general, to get a Welsh language piece like this was really exciting. It's not a traditional movie or definitely not a traditional character story arc. So uh, how is it? how do you approach a character like that? I think it was initially, I had to figure out how many social skills she would have learnt and picked up from and how human she was as this sort of partially human, partially spirit and part, you know, just, she was nature. Um, so figuring out how you're going to play her was fun to have to have to think about. Um, but as soon as we kind of landed on it, it all felt like it really made sense. And it came quite easily just to be this presence um, and I'm sure a lot of it came down to how it was filmed and all of that sort of stuff. But it felt very comfortable, weirdly, to play so, someone so strange. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, Lee, well, why did you uh, think of Annis and what, why do you think she was right for the role? Um, I knew immediately she was right for the role. I mean, she's a prodigiously fantastic actress um, and, and has the ability to sort of be expressive without having to utter words. And of course, we had this sort of dilemma, not dilemma, problem, challenge at the beginning of the piece in that um, we had written this character who doesn't actually speak that much. So I needed somebody who could convey um, a, a breadth of sort of uh, meaning and, and emotion. Uh, and, and, and Annis was that person. I mean, what, what I love about what she does is that she, it, she's almost sort of like a, it's a really brave performance because I think she's almost like a tabula rasa. She's completely, she's like a, a clean sheet of paper. And I think what happens is then that the audiences get drawn into that and start to wonder what she's thinking. Who is she? Where is she from? Or how is she responding to this thing? And, and they start to project their own feelings and thoughts on, onto her. And um, I think that, I think that's really brave to do from, from an acting point of view, because um within within acting training there's this idea that you always have to be doing something um and and i think what anis sort of does is just she's sort of in the present and in the moment and um and allows the story to sort of to sort of uh, come through her i think it was was it t.s Eliot who said that a good piece of writing is like a piece of glass and in a way that's what anis is she's allowing the script to kind of come through her it was a really fun because it's kind of it releases you of all the things that you're taught you have you have to be funny and entertaining and you have to be good company and you have to be so much all the time now and I think to be allowed to just abandon all of that and be a little bit like when you see babies on buses and they'll just stare at you if they want to look at you and they will stop looking at you when they've had enough of looking at you and you could just retreat back into being a person 
who doesn't isn't trying to please anybody. So it was a really relaxing role to be allowed to play, actually. <laughs> um, interesting you said that because along those lines, the movie itself isn't like a, a lot of modern movies because it, it's it's very slow paced. And I don't mean that as a negative because I like like 70s movies that are uh, a slow burn or whatever. But uh, uh, going, you know, when you had at festival stuff, did, did you were you surprised like people took to it or did you have any like like, oh, maybe this will be uh, too slow for certain audiences? Um, I think it is too slow for certain audiences, but um, I'm kind of I've always been obsessed with um, w- with slow cinema, actually, you know, um, so I, it's sort of it's sort of a bit of a bit of a nod of the head to slow cinema. And also, I think that uh, in terms of in terms of the kind of film I wanted to make, I, d- I didn't want it to be a slasher. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted it to sort of grip people psychologically and to inflict psychological terror on them. And 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 I think um I think we we achieve that to to one degree or another, you know. Um of course some people will not will not like that. I think we live in a culture which is sort of which is about instant gratification. And of course this movie is 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 a warning against instant gratification. So I think it would be a bit strange if we were to sort of be telling this message and then giving giving a sort of a, a wham bam kind of very cutty kind of kind of film to the audience because it, it it is about sort of you know take your foot off the gas that's the that's the message so uh, and the film literally you know for, form does mirror content in that in that sense um, but of course yeah of course you're gonna get you're not gonna please everybody all the time right yeah yeah and I think a slow film like that is. It's quite difficult sometimes, and it does. We were saying before, it de- it demands a lot of the audience, and I think some with a film like this, it'll also depend what mood you're in as an audience member when you're choosing to watch the film, whether you're in the mi- right mindset to be slow and wait. Because mm-hmm. I think it's rare for us to be okay with that sort of feeling. It makes you agitated and it makes you uncomfortable, and you'd rather just understand and you know where know where you're at. Um, yeah. So I think you might hate it one day and actually come back to it <laughs> a year later and be ready right. for it. <laughs> yeah. It's my kind of movie, though. I like uh, movies and I also like movies that don't tell you everything up front. You know, you have to think about the movie. Well, the genesis of that is that, you know, um, the writer, Roger, and myself, we have spent a long time uh, making broadcast television. And I think uh, television, uh, in contrast to film, is a very literal kind of medium. And I think we end up spoon feeding audiences and and often chasing the narrative and, and, and providing lots of plot for people to sort of follow. And, and this is, I guess this is anti-television in a way. It's sort of it, it's a for my I guess this is my interpretation of 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 cinematic and what it is to be cinematic. Um, yeah, uh, some people some people hate it, but that's OK. You know, that's fine. Uh, Anna's brought up uh, like the social commentary, uh, you know, nature. And um, how do you balance that? Because you want to say something, but at the same time, you still are making a movie and want to tell a story. So you don't want to uh, hit people over the head with certain things. No, uh, and and hopefully, I mean, it's always balance is 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 tricky, isn't it? And it's always uh, hard to sort of to make your point, but not to sort of make it too stridently, I guess. But um, I, 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 if anything, I think you know my uh, my my vision of this film is that it is sort of it sort of airs on the side of ambiguity. 
Um, so it doesn't bash people over the head with a message. In fact, just kind of delving into sort of um, reviews of it um, on social media, you know, I, th- I think one of the one of the things is that maybe it's 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 too subtle, perhaps. Maybe, maybe given the given the given the nature of the crisis that we're facing, maybe it should have been a bit more heavy-handed. Maybe one of my regrets. Hmm. Um, now, Lee said he's a horror fan. Are you a horror fan, Anus? Uh, I definitely wasn't All before right. I did this. Like when Lee first mentioned that it was a horror, I instantly was a bit like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know about horror." <laughs> Um, but I think I don't know where that judgment had come from, really. I just sort of blanket banned them. I had been terrified of them when I was younger, like, you know, watching just things like Play Witch Project and Very Lights, you know, all those things. But I thought it was amazing that films that you know are fake, that they can make you feel something, like they can make you feel scared. And I think fear is one of the emotions that we so rarely actually feel, or we'll feel them very briefly. So I, I was always aware that they had this power, but I'd never gravitated towards them. And I think this film has really changed my, my feeling towards them. And I'm much more open to them now. And now that I'm, I'm also just more aware of all the things that are, are out there, like Censor and St. Maud and all these things are, are, are new and exciting and really appealing. I think as long as there is a truth and a, I think for me, a horror needs to be a little bit bizarre for me to love them i think that's a good message censor is great by the way uh i was lucky enough to see it at the theater they were playing in boston uh, when it came out yeah yeah it's a good movie and a, well, and a welsh movie yeah yes we're, we're, getting, we're getting quite good at making horror movies the welsh yeah how do they play in in wales are are, are the welsh uh, fans of horror movies well, we to be honest, we've only this film um, has only played uh, at a f- one festival in Wales, so it, the film hasn't been released uh, in Wales yet. I think it's going to be released in uh, sometime next year, early next year. But um, it went down really well um, at at Abattoir, which is um, Wales's horror festival. Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, there's such a dearth of material, particularly cinematic material, that's been created in the Welsh language. I think any time uh, a local audience sees something that is familiar to them, they lap it up and they love it because we, you know, we, we consume a lot of, of content from elsewhere. So anything that's homegrown is a real treat, I think. Um, did you get to, did both of you get to go to any festivals and watch a movie with a, with an audience? We both got to go to London Film Festival and Abattoir which was amazing because we just managed to have a cast and crew screening just about just before lockdown. Um, And so we watched it in the safety of all of us together. We all knew what the film was and it was really exciting to celebrate it. And then to watch it, you know, years later in a film festival with so many people watching it for the first time, I found quite terrifying, to be (laughs) honest. But it seemed to go down really well. Um, Yeah, and I'm glad we got to at least go to those two because obviously we've had to miss... Yeah. Most of the film festivals this year. Yeah, I mean, it was thrilling to see it on that screen at the London Film Festival. Um, the, the, the screen and the sound system at uh, NFT One, which is the theatre, is extraordinary. So um, it was just delightful to see it and in amongst 400 people kind of all enjoying what we'd created. 
Um, Anis is right. It, it's been a bit frustrating in that, you know, we opened at South by Southwest. Uh, we then went to um, Bifan in South Korea. We then went to Switzerland, uh, NIF, uh, Neuchâtel. We then went to uh, Lisbon, and we couldn't. We've we've been unable to go to any of these any of these um, festivals. But we we, we all, we'll always have London, like characters in a Chekhov play. There's always <laughs> London, yeah. like there's always Moscow. All right. Um, was it hard to find uh, the perfect house for the movie? Um, actually, uh, the gods, the filmmaking gods were, were, were smiling on us because um, I, I did a sort of a cursory look um, online uh, of possible locations. And I found about four or five houses. We visited, I think, uh, about three. And this was the third house. But at the moment I saw it, I thought it was amazing because um, uh, the film is heavily influenced, I think, by that sort of uh, aesthetic that you get in a Korean horror movie. And when I saw it, it just reminded me of, I mean, a lot of people have said it reminds them of Parasite. The only problem is that Parasite wasn't out when we made this film. So <laughs> so, so this sort of predates Parasite in that sense. But it, it just, it had, the, the house had this sort of uh, Korean kind of stroke Japanese aesthetic that I just thought was brilliant. And also rather ironically, it was called, um, T. Bowed, which in English translates as Lifehouse. And I thought that was hysterically funny considering the, the death and destruction that occurs in there. So um, we, uh, Roger and I, uh, the writer, we went to see the house and kind of just fell for it. I was like, this is, this is amazing. And then we reincorporated the fact that um, it has this sort of meditation cell um, and, and we wrote that into the movie um, uh, yes, it's a very a strange and unique place, I have to say. Well, it's interesting. You wrote something into the movie, so that the, the house actually influenced the, the movie in a way. I think so. I mean, I try to do that. You know, um, it's uh, it's the same with working with actors. You know, I mean, they're they're prodigiously more creative than I can ever be on on my own. So you kind of the director's job, I guess, is to sort of listen to what uh, is in front of him. And, and then respond accordingly and incorporate those elements and try and work with them and play with them. And that goes from sort of the location through uh, what the other creatives have to offer or what the actors have to offer. You know, it's, it's, it's a process of collaboration along the way, which is not to say, you know, uh, I, I think uh, I sort of think it's a, it's a particularly sort of strongly authored piece of work, but you know, I didn't. I didn't do it alone. I mean, I'd love to claim all the credit for it, but um, um, you know, I had some brilliant, brilliant collaborators. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, some modern horror movies. So, did you? Did Lee ask you to watch any like horror movies specifically? You know, leading into the movie. I think was it Dogtooth you asked? You got me to watch. Yeah, which is not a horror movie, which is quite interesting. No, but it was a brilliant reference, and it really helped me just get the feeling for that type of film. Um, and maybe under his skin, potentially also. Yeah. 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 I mean, for, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I, people often ask me um, what, what films or what directors I'm influenced by. And I, I, sort of, I sort of fudge the question because when, when I'm approaching a piece of work, I quite like to sort of, clear my mind of, of, of the noise and just respond to the script and the, the location and the actors, um, which is not to say that there are lots of influences bubbling away in the subconscious. Um, and, you know, I think 
dog tooth, just in terms of the strangeness of the family in that in that Yorgos Lanthimos film, you know, th- there are definitely parallels with the family in the feast. And then under the skin, you know, I think I think the journey of Scarlett Johansson's character is not dissimilar to the journey that Caddy um, goes on, you know, in that she's discovering this world afresh. Um, so yeah, uh, lots of different influences, really. But um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I quite like. I'm not. I'm not one of those directors who says, "Oh, this film reminds me of that," and therefore this this is what we're going to make. Um, I just just what you kind of want to make something fresh and new. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Feast comes out Friday uh, at select theaters, and it's also in video on demand and digital. And I really enjoyed it, and so did our um, Ashley, who does our uh, written reviews on the website. Oh, brilliant! That's good news. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you both for doing this. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.